What's going on, everyone? We got a slightly smaller population of the Brain Trust right now. Today is just me, Mike, and Rocco. We got a lot planned for you guys right now. But before anything else, guys, biggest storylines from the opening two weeks of the season so far. One of you go first. I, I'm I'm giving you guys the the courtesy of di- of dictating the pace of the pod right now. Uh, me, go ahead. Oh, well, I jumped into this. I'm going to go ahead and say Christian Pulisic to Milan, like members of this podcast had called extensively. Yeah. Uh, he has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It fits them perfectly. Who could have guessed me? Turns out. <laughs> yeah, Mike, from our from our preseason pod, you, sat, you look like a freaking genius right now. We're two games in, but I think like the thing is, is that they're meshing a lot better than people, you know, Gaetano not to call anyone out. Uh, I think I was the one that, that also was kind of, I think everyone was. And like, it's a fair, it's a fair concern, but they look like pretty, pretty solid. I think like it's kind of interesting right now because the midfield still isn't at full strength without Venezuela, but physically speaking, the midfield is just a lot bigger and stronger than it was last year. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's been, that's been good. And I'm thinking that that might, help Milan when they get to that kind of purely slump in the middle of the year, just to have bigger physical guys that are stronger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess like Milan overall been my surprise through two weeks. Um, and specifically Pulisic. Yeah, no, that's fair. Rocco, what about you? Well, I said Milan first. Um, <laughs> and I've been on the Pulisic bandwagon this whole time. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, first, from a personal perspective, I've been a little disappointed with the Eternal R and how a little they've performed. Yeah, a little. I, I, I'm okay with the first game, honestly, with the draw. I know it's against Levantino, but um, they're yeah. wonderful. I mean, one super wonderful from. Yeah, uh, can't beat Canareva. He's so good. Uh, I don't know people. People thinking Juventus is going to be some fluid attacking team after one game only to then realize they are who we thought they were after two. Uh, oh, Rob, yeah. I don't know if you saw this because this is breaking news um, as of like yesterday. But uh, Vlaovic posted oh, I saw that. after Lukaku. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. He posted on uh, in Tough guy. a number nine and a white and black heart. Oh, God. Serie A. Serie A he loves Juventus once he realizes he's uh, stuck there. Once there's not a better striker to take his job. Yeah. yeah. I'm 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 gonna opine on this right now, and I th- obviously like you know Rocco, you know good point with Roma. I think Lazio is probably the biggest storyline yeah. of how disappointing yeah. they've been. Um, especially when you thought they were gonna finish like what second. Okay, First. but like you just said, know. it's after two weeks of the season. There's still plenty of soccer left to be played. Um, but I think it's like, you know, the one one of the few caveats I have is that you do have a, a good amount of new parts that are coming into the system. So it will take a little bit of time. But I do like the pieces that they brought in. Like, obviously, being an Arsenal fan that I am, I did like Gwendozi when he was at Arsenal. I think he just became, you know, like for better terms, an ass with his arrogance against especially Brighton. But I think as an actual dynamic midfielder, he adds a lot. I think 
you know, as the season goes on, you'll, you'll see glimpses and if not a consistency of like the Saudi ball being adopted by all the players on a good understanding. Um, and to kind of go the opposite direction of like another sideline, Napoli look like they haven't skipped the beat offensively. Um, you know, Osimhen is looking like more and more kind of like the, the typical modern day striker of just how potent he is finishing. And you have the team that's just creating a lot and defensively, they're still looking relatively solid. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I can't think of anything else in terms of like biggest, I mean, you have Hellas who are in fourth place out of nowhere, but, um, big six points for them. I mean, yeah, especially for a team that that everyone said they're going to be fighting for relegation. I mean, again, still a lot to be played and a lot to be seen. Um, if they actually are going to be relegation, um, contention, but you know, early days, but sorry, but both Roman teams, man, played teams that they should have beat. In both yes, weeks. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I was listening to the uh, like to the football show on Sirius XMFC driving into work the other mm-hmm. day. Yep. Nice plug for them. Yeah, shout out to my boy Charlie Stilitano. But my best friend Grella was on. And I don't remember if it was Grella or Charlie saying how like it seems like the, the Roman clubs go the same way. They're either both good or both bad. It's never like there's a huge gap between the two of them. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of interesting. I feel like the last few years they've been in a, in a pretty similar place. Um, and they've both gotten up to real bad starts so far. So maybe there's some truth. I mean, at least with, with Roma, you have, you have the caveat of like Lukaku's coming in the window. They're going to have another forward to add to their ranks. So, you know, there is that. And Jose, Jose has not been on the sideline yet for what, for whatever that's worth. How many more games? Does it two more games? Is that how it is? Or one more? Uh, I I thought it was one, but I'm not sure. I thought it was three games total. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm interested to see how he uses Lukaku because when he was at, when Lukaku was at United under Mourinho, it didn't look great. So I, I wonder in Italy, with this new Roma, with this Roma team, with a similar system, like will he actually be effective this time around, or will it be the same old, same old? Luckily, it's only alone, so we don't have to worry about yeah. that. But I also like, honestly, I'm stupid, but also just look at the uh, the two of those guys, and I'm still like Dybala and Lukaku. Like I know it's like ifs if they can stay on the pitch and stuff, but like. I don't know. That's a, that's definitely a top four duo to me. But uh, I guess we'll, I, well you know, I, think, I feel like the ceiling is so high on those two. It's yeah. like if you can have healthy Dybala, um, feeding Lukaku. I mean, like Lukaku has all of the attributes that I think Dybala really likes in a striker. Somebody yeah. who can hold up play. Somebody who can, you know, kind of dart off of that last defender. Um. I mean, Lukaku was not good last year, so we'll see. He picked up one towards the end of the year, but we'll see. I guess it's a you know it depends a lot on like health and also just where Lukaku's at. I, I don't know what happened. The last like two years really weren't great after such an incredible year at Inter, but we'll see. I'm also curious what's going to happen when Tammy's back now. Yeah, to to if yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead Marco. No, I was just going to say, like, if, I don't know, he's coming back from a major injury, so it's like, I guess now he doesn't have to rush back, and I don't know. Uh, yeah, I wonder if, like, we'll see Tammy, because there's also um, lots of rumors that they're going to sign that dude from Brazil. 
Marcos Leonardo. Uh, I'm not familiar with that rumor. So. Yeah, he's like, I think he plays for Santos or, yeah, I think he's on Santos. He is on Santos. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page now. He's on Santos. He's 20 years old. There are like a bunch of Roma links to him and, and a lot of people think that like it's going to be a thing in January. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if Tammy's going to be part of the future. I don't know. One team we didn't touch on, um, and I think this goes more to show that like we all expected Inter to get off to the start that Inter got off to. Um, but they just swooped in for Pavard. They looked good. Um, I I think that they look very fluid. There's a lot of continuity in that team. Obviously, like they lost a few pieces, but I still love the look of that team on paper. I think more so than any team in Italy still. Um they they look pretty dangerous. Papers in Italy, like like I said that in Italy is like uh already saying that this year is gonna be a Madonina Derby for the Scudetto, so I feel like that's a little bit early, but there is the Derby coming up, not this week, the week after international play ends. So interesting. I think Pavard's a good pickup though for them. I I'm I'm actually happy about the signing, but not from a tactics or team perspective. I'm happy at it because it's a, it's good to see that Inter are now in a position financially where they can actually buy these better named players and actually improve the squad instead of having to kind of tread water in terms of, oh, we'll get this guy on loan, this guy on a free. The fact that they could put $30 million to a guy who's playing at Bayern Munich in his prime is always a good thing to see. It shows that like at least one of the big Italian giants are now starting to get into the okay, we're profitable. Obviously, it helped that they got to the Champions League final, but the fact that they're improving their financial situation and being able to afford all these pieces is good to see. And on the ta- and now on the tactic side, from what I've been reading, what I've been seeing, Pavard is apparently going to fit in Zaghi's system perfectly as a ball-distributing right center back is what they're saying. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, everyone knows him for that ridiculous shot he scored the 2018 World Cup, that like very, very picturesque volley. But... You know, Serie A, as we've seen, you know, people who say, people who have been touted as being able to fit into Serie A really well take a little bit more time. So, with Pavard, I feel it's going to be the same thing where it won't be a like-for-like, you know, once he's in there, it's just automatically going to be clean. I think it's going to be a lot of learning that goes with him. I wouldn't expect to see the best of him until probably October, maybe November, when he's actually in the system learning it. So, but again, it's good to see that there are these big... Big, big names or bigger names that want to come to City A and play. So it's always good on that part. Yeah, no, I think that that's spot on. Um, I do think that when that starts clicking, it can be pretty dangerous. I also just don't know why Denzel Dumfries sometimes looks like the best player on the planet and other times is just miserable to watch but against Cagliari I thought he had a really good game he had that nice goal yeah I saw I saw a funny meme where they said once they bought um Quadrado that he's now looked like prime Micon but yeah like Inter doing what they usually do really I feel like the pat the past few seasons they've got out of the gates running and again like you said similar to like the Pioli mid-season phase it's like there's always that time where Inter's going to slump, right? It's more of, one, how long does that slump last? And two, can they 
slump a little less than they've done in previous years because if they can, then it's a screw that the winning team. Like talent-wise and everything on paper and as we've seen the past two games, they can beat anybody and they're doing it pretty handedly. So, you know, it remains to be seen. But I'm I'm excited. These past two days have been these past two weeks, I should say. Sorry, I've been very exciting for Serie. Um, but yeah, I mean. To kind of wrap it up, I feel like a team that's kind of flown under the radar is Fiorentina. Like, I feel like they're doing some good things there. Again, no one's saying they're going to finish top four or if even, like, maybe they could be sneaking for top seven. But I think, especially with all these rumors that Amrabat leaving and then also these other, the other rumors that have now been dismissed by Nicky Gonzalez leaving, they're doing a nice job. And, you know, you guys you guys know I love my Fiore. So, you know, I'm always going to have a shout-out for them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm they, shocked I think it's because- that Amrabah, I'm shocked that Amrabah has, has lasted this long at Fiore. I thought he'd be gone in the January window last year after Morocco's run at the World Cup. And then I for sure thought that he would have gone early in this window. Well, yeah, it's it was rumored that Man United, Man United seemed like the only ones that were actually rumored to get him with a concrete interest. And I think what they were trying to do is they were trying to get loans for him to come in and get him on loan as opposed to actually buy him outright. I think that's what Rocco Camiso was looking at. He was like, I want to, this guy has a year expiring. Why am I going to loan, loan him out and then not be able to get any financial compensation for him a year later? If you're going to get him, get him now. If not, we're going to use him for a year and get money and then see what we can go from there. But, you know, I like Amrabat a lot. I think he fits in a lot of places in a lot of different systems. And I'm shocked that only Man United have been the real like concrete interest for him, to be honest. The real reason why uh, Fiorentina is doing well is Artur. We all know it. I don't know why no one's saying it. He's holding down that midfield oh the way God. only he can. He's just still world class after all these years. It's true. Has he has he made a full ninety minutes? Did he play a full ninety minutes in either of the games? I can neither oh, confirm nor deny. Yeah, I'll I'll check that. Um, right now. Yeah, who knows? Um, I will say Inter not done in the window, which is also shocking. Um, there's a lot of rumors that Maxime Lopez from Sassuolo is going to be there. Um, sort of final target from the transfer window. So we'll see how that goes. I think that that's a nice little piece to add. Um, obviously, like not a world beater or anything like that, but adds to the depth of that team, which is already pretty deep for Italian standards. Wow, Arthur, actually, sorry, sorry to, we're, I will circle back on an inter point, but um, Arthur actually played the whole 90 minutes against Genoa in the first game. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, but no, to, back to Maxim Lopez. I, I saw that as a, you know, we're going to get him because we can't trust Sensi, we can't trust Aslani. And I don't know, I think Sensi, it's more of because of his injury history, we're, I'm not, we're not going to trust him. But with Aslani, I think it's more of, they thought he was going to kind of go into this role as the next bros. He hasn't done that yet. He's still relatively young, so I think there is hope for him still. But Maxim Lopez has been in the league a few seasons now. He's been an impact player. And, you know, to add depth to that midfield that is very, very active and very, very rigorous to be in, it does make sense because I think he would fit in nicely and like, I don't know if it would be like the bros role, maybe more of like a Hakan role. I don't know. I really don't know where he would play in that midfield, if I'm being honest. That's like a yeah, I think he piece. plays a little bit more forward. Mm-hmm. Um, 
one thing I will say, just like one minor point, is yeah. that now that the uh, the UCL pots are official, oh yeah, me and Lazio have some real group of death potential. Give it to us. What do they got? So Milan and Lazio are both pot three. Inter's oh, pot two. Shit. Okay. And then Napoli, because they're the league winners, pot one. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Jesus. Milan could end up in a real nasty group with like... It, yeah, Milan, Milan can get or, like a Bayern Munich, Arsenal. Madrid teams yeah. or Arsenal, yeah. Them and then Newcastle sitting in pot four, which is just going to really... Well, you can't... Yeah, you can't... You can't have two teams from the same country in the same pot in the same yeah. group. So same they, group. Yeah. yeah, they have that going with them. But that's I'm surprised Lazio got into pot three. Of the oh, I guess because they had like Europa League and European Conference League coefficient like value. I guess. Um, but yeah, that that's Jesus. Yeah, that. Oh my God, I would not. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you get Arsenal, that's a walkover because Arsenal Champions League, as we all know, is not a great. As a dreaded, dreaded Arsenal fan, you know, us in Champions League, we always get fucked somehow in the draws. So if you get us in the group, that means that a Bayern Munich, a Real Madrid are coming suit as well. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's insane. And, I, and honestly, the way Lazio are playing, I don't see them getting out of their group at all. The way they've been playing recently, so I think that that's better for Lazio. I don't. I, I honestly don't think that that team wants to be out of the group. Yeah, what's the what's the financial like windfall just for getting out of the group? Because they're not going to like go I think deep. It's, so it's like I think second place is like twenty mil, and I think first place is like up to thirty something. I could I could check that right now while you guys. So they might be happy to 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 get out, but I'm mean, not that they're going to. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if if they have, I guess it's like hard if you're looking at it like kind of long term, like. If they're going to try to focus on making top four this year, then being out of the Champions League is definitely better for them, like for the for the J. Um, yeah, I think I agree. Being out would be better. I don't think they're going to do shit anyway. One other quick point, I guess, maybe before we go into, like, picks. Um, but apparently Lukaku's flight to Rome was... The most tracked flight ever? The most tracked yeah, I saw that. 50,000 people were tracking his flight. Incredible. Um, oh, and just before, Marco was talking about ball-playing center backs, and I'm just thinking about Leo Bonucci and where he's going to wind up. Oh, God. I like don't think he'd be a good fit on Roma, which is a link I've seen. I know I threw this out in the chat, but maybe he follows his boy Chiellini to MLS to I don't know. Makes a lot chill. of sense. I, like one, the, the Roma fit doesn't make sense to me because I feel like he's kind of a dickhead, and Mourinho I think him and Mourinho would be a terrible yeah. combination. Yeah. I feel like. He- um, we still go get paid and help a team come out. To, and come to New York and take Maxime Chanot's place. <laughs> okay. All right. So I got 
I saw it from last year. I have the finances finally. Um, so reaching the group stage, you get 16 million euros. Group stage okay. draws, you get 930,000 euros if you, as like bonuses, right? Group stage wins, you get an extra 2.8 million euros. And if you make it, and I think if you win the round, no, if you make it to the round of 16, you get 9.6 million. So it's like, yeah, I had this graphic. It's like kind of confusing without me reading it fully. But yeah, so it, 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 it is a pretty penny for a club like Lazio. If they actually were to win it, it would actually mean a good amount of financial benefit to them. Um, but yeah, before, before we do game picks, you want to talk about kind of what's going on in the summer right now? Like all the big, all the big news that are coming about, like I can think of, you know, as Mike mentioned, there's the Lukaku deal that's, you know, relatively concluding, but then we have other ones. In that's that's done. I think he's training with Roma today. Yeah. Yeah. He's in training. Well, you had, so one that I think is actually going to be an underrated signing. I'm surprised he's going for this low is, uh, I think it's Tanremi, right? Tanremi from Porto to Milan. I I think it's honestly a great move, especially considering how much that they're spending it on. I think it's like a all in, it's like 18 million euros, including uh, add-ons and bonuses, which I think is a really good deal for him. He's your typical like number nine-esque forward where he can hold the play. And it's great because he actually finally adds suitable coverage for Giroud instead of in a 41-year-old Zlatan that barely played last season. weird, though. Like, it's weird that Milan could go out and find these deals without Maldini doing I was going to say, like, uh, he, maybe he left his notebook or something in the office. And, uh... It seems like, yeah, it seems like when you go in and you sign good players, good things happen. Why did Maldini I'm... actually go? Is there, like, confirmed? confirmed I've got my... Because uh, management was like you finished in fifth place if not for you by getting docked points after winning the league so you're gone oh i had my source shout out freddie he said that it's because uh maldini like refused to sell tonali and they were like too bad you're both gone now look i still wish that we had sandro tonali but we well (laughs) (laughs) oh my god uh, He's abandoned Roma already. That's just such a such a huge price tag for him, you know. Like, I think that they had to do it. Yeah, I, it it brings back to what happened with Lukaku at Inter, right? It's like the, a club comes in for a hundred plus million euros. Like, you're not going to not take that money and utilize it elsewhere. Like, look, literally, look at what Milan have done with that money. Like, you can't argue with any of it. They got Captain America. They got Captain America. You had. Lost his cheek, who lost, who looked good. You had Musa. You have Rinders. You have the the winger. What the hell is his name? I don't want to say his name because I don't want to mess it up. Oh, the guy Salamakers. No, Salamakers is actually on the way out, which is surprising. Yeah, it's a tough day for all of us. I know. He's got to go to Juve. He'd be perfect at Juve. That would be so funny. He would just be be perfect at Max's favorite player ever. Yeah, on that right wing back slot. Oh my god. Yeah, that would actually be a per- well. He's- Except, I think Weya has endeared himself to Max so hard, and Weya has been really good. So, are you talking about Chiguetta? Um, yeah, that, that, I, I was gonna say that, but I was like, let me just not and avoid mispronunciating or mis misunderstanding who the player was. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
you know, I kind of want to pose a question to you guys now with obviously the, the window closing in about, I think it's like 18 hours. My math is correct. It was a Friday morning at midnight. So six hours ahead. Yeah. Give or take about 18 hours, 18 to 24 hours. Uh, the window closes on European clubs to make any transfers. And I'm going to ask, you know, for Italian teams, who do you guys think won the window with all these, if all these deals that are rumored actually end up closing? I think Inter. Really? I think if you look at what Inter did, I think Chiron is a really good player. Um, and you shouldn't sleep on him. Like, he was really good in Bundesliga last year. I yeah. think he's going to find form. I think Fratezzi's an amazing pickup for them and a guy who's going to add a lot. I know that, you know, some people aren't as high as him as others, but I think he's going to be a solid Serie A midfielder. Pavard's a good pickup. We know exactly what he is. If they add Maxime Lopez, that's another, that's another good player to just have in the mix. And then you look at the moves out that they had. I think, you know, like obviously losing Skriniar on a freeze rough. Yeah. But they cashed in on Onana. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was great. And, you know, I forgot to mention Sommer, who's a good goalie. Yeah, um, he, he fits think, what they want to do. He, fit, he fits yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, I think more so than any other team, Inter went out and found starting level quality players while still churning a profit. This yeah, they also yeah they also got rid of a lot of dead weight. Like they got rid of Gallardini, they got rid of Gallardini, they got rid of Brozovic, they got rid of um D'Ambrosio. Monty. Yeah, so you know they 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 kind of retooled in a very good way, and it looks like you know this season as of right now the, these two games like they're clicking on all cylinders. Um, I'm winner. With the Lukaku transfer, I might say I'm considering Roma. I'm being honest. No, I don't accept you saying this because of all the shit you give our. Oh, no, I'm not saying they're going to improve their performance. I'm just saying, like, you know. Just I, one I singular think, transfer? Well, because you... One of, one of the many glaring problems of Roma was their forward depth because you had Tammy Abraham and then you had no one else kind of similar to like the Milan issue you had last season as well, where it's like you have your number one striker up top. And then after that, you don't have anything else. So you have that. You now supplemented that supplemented Tammy with Lukaku. You have a war who, you know, when he was being hyped up, I actually liked him and he hasn't been playing well this season. I have to credit him where credit is due. You add Renato Sanchez, who obviously he's been like limited playing playing time but you know he isn't he is another force in that midfield where you don't rely on just Pellegrini in the midfield to be your creative force which is always good Dybala looks like he's still he's coming along Dybala's Dybala like he's good he's really good no matter what and the only real issue you have is the back but everything else like you got rid of Ibanez it's one of those things where it's like addition by subtraction like you have one knucklehead out of the out of the starting lineup at your back um, Roger Ibanez who famously lost both derbies last year yeah. for Roma so, like, I think considering where Roma were, where it's kind of had, yeah. you had this, like, bag of misfits, where now it's like, okay, like, Mourinho is well, actually doing a decent yeah. job riding the ship. I think that, like, the most impressive part of the whole Roma thing and, like, why I would have said maybe that they were winners if you hadn't is just that they did it with, like, insane financial constraints. Yeah. Like, they paid they paid for no one. Like, they paid a $5 million fee for Lukaku, I think, and it's like they're really... You know, 
doing all of this essentially on like free moves and stuff. So yeah, I think that's been pretty impressive. Well, so for me now it's like, obviously I don't expect them to do this as we've heard from my preseason pod, but you know, now with all these signings, if you're a Roma or Roma fan, it's champions league or blow it up in my opinion, because you're putting all, you're basically putting all your chips to the table saying, look, this is our year to push for UCL because without this, the money that we, have, we, if we don't get it from UCL, we can't afford any of this. And it's all going back and we all have to rebuild again. And then at that point, you might as well just blow up, sell all the assets and start from scratch. Right? Like, I feel like now it's kind of make or break time. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think that's a fair, I think that's fair that like Roma needs to be targeting that. It's yeah. Even, for me, it's either you win Europa League this year. Yeah. Or, I mean, which is like, tough because you don't know what teams will drop down yeah. but I think Mourinho is such a good cup manager that it's still possible but I think that they need to be targeting top top four and they know that yeah no, ma- no matter how it happens Roma need Champions League period and also it's like yeah would it, it would be awesome to have Rome as one of the cities you would go to on Champions League nights, like like that as an atmosphere alone yeah that'd be so cool exactly as, so. Uh, you know we went to Europa and it was dope yeah, uh, I'm sure champions would be like even crazier. Yeah, and then, you know, if if I were to say a loser, I uh, see the thing is like I don't want to say Napoli because Napoli have a lot of unknown. It's not like they got bad. Could just looked horrible. Could just could horrible debut. But the other guys, it's like you. There's still it's still TBD to know if they're good or not. Um. I mean, I, I, besides now that I can't think of anyone that could be, a, obviously, if you go to the lower teams, but I can't think of anyone that, that's a potential loser, right? For transfers. I feel like a lot of Italian teams do a lot of good business. Yeah. I mean, Lazio lost Sergei, which is a big loss. Yeah. Brought in Rovella, who I like a lot. They're like very different players, but. They brought in Guendouzi, so it's, it's kind of like you get. You get one guy out, and then you get the two guys that collectively can replace the one guy, hopefully. So we'll see. But yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's an interesting little thing to think about. Um, I think that honestly, if you. I, I, I get what Atalanta did. Yeah. They made a lot of money, and they always make a lot of money in the market. But I just don't see how they improved a ton. Like, I think that they might, of like the bigger or the more higher, like, you know, the higher profile Italian teams, I don't really get it. I, I know that Guy picked them last time we potted about uh, to, as having had the best or one of the best. And I just don't see it, honestly. I think they lost a lot more than they gained. Like, they lost Hoyland, who's just a good striker. Um, yeah, you make 75 on that, but I don't know that Torre really replaces him or like more so, I guess, Skamaka. So mm-hmm. You know what Skamaka is, and it's like, at best, he's okay. I I, I think that they're my pick for worst transfer uh, market yeah, in terms fair. of replacing their squad. It's, yeah, I think that's fair. Financially, they had a great market, but in terms of turnover, I think it was poor. Well, Hoyland, Hoyland really wasn't like, obviously, he, he came on second half of the season, he was really showing. Like, first half of the season, he was hurt for a good part of it. So it's like, and he's hurt now, so I feel like Hoyland, I don't even think that they really upgrade or downgrade. I think it was just like, a, okay, we got rid of a forward for a lot of money. We brought in a forward, 
So it's like, it wasn't like an improvement, just like a, okay, one out, one out, one in type of thing. Um, but yeah, again, I, I never want to doubt Atalanta, if I'm being honest, I, because they'll have that, this one crazy run of form where everyone's just like, oh, can they challenge in like second? Can they challenge the Scudetto? Like all, like that, that narrative will probably come about at some point in the season. It's not a matter of if, just when, I feel, um, but, oh, I know who my worst transfer window is. What am, I, what am I talking about? It's Juve. Not even close. Juve's transfer window was horrible. Right? Like, uh, why? So you bring in you bring in Wea where you're playing him out of position, right? You have a lot He's of high... He's playing really well, though. Okay, then what happened with Bologna, right? Did he play Bologna against Bologna? And everyone said how well he played. Mm. If you look. Well, they 1-1. One, one. He played like score 82 line. minutes really well. Scoreline, don't lie. Uh, obviously kidding. Um, but you know, okay, you keep Kiesa and Vlavic, fine. I'll give you that. Midfield doesn't look great, right? Like Weston McKenney is well, laboring on the on the on the bench. Locatelli at times looks good, but he's still inconsistent. The back line is the biggest question mark right now with center backs. Yeah, but check this out for the midfield. It's like you got a new transfer because. Pogba didn't play at all last year, <laughs> and now he's new to the new to the squad. He dude. looked he looked really. I think he played sad. a half hour, right? Yeah, he played game? I think 20, like, 25 I think minutes. Like 20, 25 minutes, yeah. Seven times as much time as he played last year. Legitimately, that's yeah. he, wild. He looked really slow. Like the, if I'm Juve fans, I am concerned that you didn't let this guy go in the summer. You know, go go again. No, like you you didn't you had an offer from the summer. Well, I don't know if it was he that he didn't want to go or that Juve didn't want to let him go. And now you you kind of really have to like nurse this guy back to health. And it's just like that's right now through past history, it's like an 80-20 shot that he doesn't get back to half the player that he was. Right? So Juve might be a better pick for this uh for this award than I thought at first. Who, Juve? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I'm yeah about I got big like concerns that. about like their center backs, um, and yeah, I mean, I get I get what you're saying about Wea not really naturally being in that yeah. position. You lose Cuadrado, who played kind of naturally there. Who Cuadrado? I mean, he's old, and I thought yeah. it was like the right time for him to go. I guess, but like, fair, um, fair but his skill I do set. like Cambiaso. I know he's not like a transfer because he's just coming back from loan, but I I have I think liked what I've seen from him. Yeah, I like to to follow up on the Cordado point. It's like his skill set, though. Like, I fe- I feel like would have complemented Kiesa and Vlavic very well, right? He beats his man, and he's a very good crosser of the ball. And yeah. getting the ball in the box benefits both those players because they're fiends in the box. So it's like you take away that you have Cambiasso who's still kind of figuring how to play with the team after being away on loan for a season, and you have the midfield where it's like. You kind of are just in no man. You don't have like that creative player in the midfield. Like Rabiot is dynamic, but he's not creative. Like I feel like they're still lacking in a lot of areas. And I understand that it's they really can't buy anybody because of their financial position, especially that of Champions League. But you know, it remains to be seen if they let people go in the in the winter. Like I thought with McKenny going to Leeds last year, that that was kind of several lining saying this guy's gone by the start of this season, and apparently not. So. Yeah, I think if they would have stayed up, then maybe. But although I, I, I don't know from everything I've heard and seen, he apparently played like 
garbage on Leeds anyway, so I don't know if they would have wanted him. Yeah, apparently, apparently no one liked him on Leeds either. So yeah. he's just an unwanted man. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> the city eyes we also see right now, Hell's Verona being fourth place, it's just chaotic as it always is. Um, and that leads to a great product. So with that in mind, do we want to do game picks? Store picks. All right, let's do it. Some big games this weekend. We got big games. So I'm going to do something a little different this, this season with these, uh, with these predictions. I'm going to have them all saved, but at every 10 games, I'm going to give an update on points. That way, people are just like, okay, there no one's like hedging their bets almost, you know? Kind of a nice little like mysterious nature to it. And then obviously, at the mid at the midwinter break, I'll reveal who's at top at that point. Um, but if I were to go to the games, let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay, so we got Inter at home against Fiore, right? Oh, I'm just on Fiorentina's thing, not City out for some reason. So we have Inter versus Fiore at the San Siro, which means Milan Milan is away to Roma. I know that much. And I think I'm missing one other one. And Napoli are at home against Lazio. The fourth one I'm thinking about is Atalanta at home against Monza or Bologna at home against Cagliari. Which one do you guys prefer? I think I like Atalanta Monza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So, starting off with Napoli Lazio, it's Rocco. Uh, 3-0 Napoli. Okay. Mike? This is at the Maradona, right? It's at so, the Maradona. I'm going to take 2-0 Napoli. I'm going to go 2-1 Napoli. I think, it's, I think Lazio will wake up, but I think Napoli are just they're too crazy how to form right now, um, even though it's only two games in. Uh, next game is Inter versus. You know Fiore. what? You know what? I'm gonna revise. I'm gonna go one-one. Ballsy play. The ballsy draw. Well, because I mean, last year the one team that played Napoli perfect was Lazio, so that's kind of what I'm thinking about. But again, that's with them having Savage and they don't this time. So, next game is Inter Fiore. Mike, you're the first pick. Three one. Inter. Sorry. I about to say, who are you going with? Oh, I'm uh, not Marco. What uh, Rocco? What uh, which one you got? Inter Fiore. Where is this? At the San Siro. I really want to go with Fiore just to like spice things up, but uh, would you say my three one? Yeah. Terrible. 2-1, Inter. I'm going to go 2-0, Inter. Um, Roma, Milan. The Michele Totino Derby. And as as only fitting, Mike, you have to go first on this one. Roma out of form. Milan in form. At the Olympico, though. At the Olympico. At the Olympico, but there's no Mourinho... I don't know. I'm going to say 2-1 Milan. Rocco? 1-1. I'm going 3-1 Milan. 
I think like like Mike's saying, I think like Roma is now at a point three games in where it's like they dropped a bunch of points in games that they like should have easily gotten six out of. And it's like you don't want to panic on the third game, but like it's almost like they you know, they gotta get their shit together real quick. You gotta come out of there with a point from their perspective. Yeah. I think like a point you're okay. If you get three, then it feels like maybe you're riding the ship a little bit. I don't know that you'll see Lukaku start, but maybe he'll come off the bench. Yeah, he'll, he'll definitely come some off. late, yeah. late draw. Like he'll get the goal to to bring it back or something. I think a point would be okay. Yeah, I think I agree with you on that. Um, but I'm still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On three one. Um, last game, Atalanta at home against Monza. Take it away, Marco. Yeah, Atalanta 2-0. I think it's going to be a relatively easy game for Atalanta. Monza don't look good this year, unlike they did last year. I like that pick. I'm going to go 2-1 Atalanta. Mm. I'm just going to copy Marco. 2-0 Atalanta. I like it. It was such a good pick. I want it for myself. Such a great pick. I know. All all Rocco. I just read his mind and I just had had the opportunity to say it first. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, obviously a little shorter of a pod. But, uh, you know, got some good time in. Boys, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And, you know, for everyone here in the States, everyone enjoy the holiday, Labor Day. But until next time, ciao.